Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew. It's great to have you listening to our sermons. If you want to find out more about our church, you can find a wealth of information at CherokeeMethodist.com. There you can find bulletins, newsletters, and find out about things that are going on. If you want to check us out in person sometime, we have one more time, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, this Sunday the 21st, we have Sunday School at 9 o'clock and then worship at 1010. And then after that, starting Memorial Day weekend, the 28th, we have no Sunday school in the summer. We have worship at 930. Okay, so we have a schedule change coming up pretty quickly. So during the last several weeks, we've been taking a look at the post-resurrection stories of Jesus. Stories of Jesus that took place after his resurrection, and most of these stories have been before he ascended into heaven. Now, today we are continuing on the story of the disciples after Jesus was risen and ascended into heaven. So actually, in last week's sermon, Jesus gave the Great Commission and then ascended into heaven. And today we are starting right where we left off, because after... Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples then go back to Jerusalem where they were, and they go back to the room where they were staying. Maybe it's the upper room. And so they're staying in this room. And our scripture selection for today is Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. And if you read it, I think that compared to a lot of other sections of scripture, there's really not a lot going on on this particular day for the disciples. I mean, it says they go to this room, they are praying constantly, and of course there's more than the twelve, there's many, many disciples, including many women, many women, but they're praying constantly, and then they have one item of business that they need to take care of, which is replacing Judas. You remember Judas, the disciple who portrayed Jesus and then hung himself. And since Judas had died, they needed a replacement because the number 12 is very ceremonial for them, representing the continuation of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so they needed a 12th person. So the qualifications for replacement included somebody who was with them the whole time. In other words, if you're going to be a candidate to replace one of the original 12 disciples, you had to have been with them the entire time from the very beginning. And so they picked two people who fit the bill. Joseph, also called Barsabbas, and Matthias. Now the interesting thing is that we know absolutely nothing about any of these two men other than what is said in uh, the scripture. Evidently, these two men had been with God from the beginning. They knew Jesus. Jesus knew them. And yet, interestingly enough, we are only hearing about them now. And consequently, we will never hear about them again in the Bible. This is just a reminder to us that Jesus' followers included much more than just 12 people and included many people that we just simply do not know much about, if anything, because their stories are lost to us. So anyway, they have two people who fit the bill. And the question is, how are they going to decide? Is it Joseph or Matthias? How do they decide which one it is? Such an occasion would need to be made prayerfully, fervently, and with great discernment. 
And indeed, according to the scriptures, they did pray. But then the method of deciding might surprise you. Let me read from verse 28. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. What? Cast lots? For those of you that might not be familiar with this practice of casting lots, or sometimes in the Old Testament it refers to some objects called the umen and thumen. Basically, it's like rolling the dice or drawing straws. It's just total chance. And it was a common practice back then amongst the Jewish faith for people to pray for guidance and then to do something like that, casting lots, believing that God would use that situation of chance to help guide their decision. Maybe it's not our preferred method of discerning God's will, but it was a method that was taken seriously back then. So anyway, the, the lot falls to Matthias, so he becomes one of the twelve. And that is all that happens in this scripture. They pray, they choose a replacement for Judas, that's it. Nothing miraculous, no Jesus, no Holy Spirit. You know, this is a reminder to us that there are times in life when we are just not called to do much. There are days that are meant for waiting and preparing. These are what we call the in-between days, the low-energy days, the days that are forgettable. For some people who are always super busy, a day like this would be a wonderful thing for them. For others, that might be a struggle if they enjoy doing things. For the, the disciples, obviously, this day of waiting and preparing was for what was to come next. The Great Commission, fulfilling what Jesus had commanded them to do. Now, we're celebrating graduation in Cherokee this weekend, and for our graduating students, today is not one of those regular days. This is a momentous time, celebrating their graduation. Many of them share with our congregation their post-graduation plans. And whatever plan they have, there will always be days like what I'm talking about today. Days of waiting and preparation. Days where nothing really wonderful or miraculous happens. Not much happens at all. If they go to school, if they go to college after graduation, there will be a lot of days like that where they're studying. They're preparing and not much else is happening. Sometimes at work, it can be just another day of work where nothing really happens. It's not really a memorable day, but it's still important because you did what you needed to do. So this is true for all of us, right? It's not just true for graduating seniors, but it's, it's true for all of us. Life certainly consists of the momentous days, but it is the forgettable days that define us. Because, you know, no doubt we have more of the forgettable days probably than the momentous days. Otherwise, the momentous days wouldn't be so special, right? But here's the thing. Most momentous days require those days of waiting and preparation to lead up to them. Otherwise, they may never happen, right? I mean, think about when you graduated high school or college or whatever it may be. When you accomplished something, a lot of the times it was because of the result of hard work, waiting and preparation in those forgettable days that led up to that moment in time. 
It's true for graduating seniors for sure. And it's going to continue to be true for all of us in any stage of our life. Just as it was true for the disciples, their day of preparation leading them to Pentecost. Those forgettable days make up the majority of our lives. And they are just as important as the milestones. And it's good to remember. It's good to remember that everything has value, including the seemingly forgettable. I'm glad the disciples spent time waiting and preparing, praying and selecting a new leader, preparing them for what was ahead. May we also remember the value of the regular days, and may we seek to prepare and wait so that we may be ready for and celebrate the truly momentous. Amen. God bless and have a great week.